Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan, where we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Welcome back inside the caravan, travelers. It's been a little while since our last stop. I'm your host, Lady Anne, and I am excited to introduce someone else who will be journeying with us. I would like you to meet the mythical, the magical Heather Mosier. Hello. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I'm really happy to be here. You've probably, well, I would hope that you have been reading along in the blog, so you may be a little bit familiar with me by this point. But maybe you haven't heard my voice yet in one way or another. So now you get to hear me. Yes, the blogs have been amazing. You know, the first one that I remember you wrote, and it wasn't for the caravan, it was for over at uh, End of the Fray, The Will of the Wisps. Oh, yes. That really stuck with me and has to be one of my top favorite stories. Aw, thanks. Yeah, um, I write some stuff over there for the Weird Writer blog, and the Will of the Wisp one was, it was fun. That was... I try to do things a little more academic, I guess, over there, just a little more matter of fact with a few stories thrown in. And it was researching for that one that I found out that Will-o'-the-Wisps have even more names than I realized. Of course, I think most of us are familiar with spook lights and ghost lights, but Mm -hmm. my favorite alternative was uh, Jack-o'-lantern. I thought that was Mm. super cool. But I liked, yeah, we brought in the the spook lights, the -the will-o'-the-wisps for the blog here at the caravan, the blue flame at the crossroads. Yes. No, that was was really great. I love that because there's another story. um, I don't know. I'm sure you've heard it. Mako Light. Have you heard that one? No. It's where there's a man. His name was Joe Baldwin, and he was working on a train, and he knew that this other train was going to collide with his and it would kill the people on board and everything. So he ended up standing there and he had his lantern and he's trying to, you know, stop them. And he knew Mm -hmm. though, that if he was successful, he'd lose his life, but he'd save others. So Mm -hmm. he did what he had to do. He passes away. He was decapitated. And Mm. the story goes that 
around those parts of the woods, around those train tracks, you could see like a lantern light floating around in the mm-hmm. woods. And they said, of course, it was him trying to find his head. Sure. Yeah, I've I read a handful of ones where um, not necessarily even in the woods, but um, just off the side of the road where someone was killed mm-hmm. and a similar thing, a lantern light shows up uh, during certain times of the year even. And the decapitated, the, the part that you mentioned, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. If you start searching in old newspapers, sometimes you can actually go back and find articles about these people that were decapitated and then the subsequent hauntings that occur afterwards. Right. There's a story up in up in Canada in one of the lumber camps where the year's escaping me now, but it's the early 1900s if you go back through some archives. And there's a story about a headless ghost up there that drove away a lot of the lumberjacks. He, he was by a, mm. a spring or a well or something and one guy went out to, to gather some water and saw the headless ghost and freaked out and ran away. And then several years later, somebody else made their way there. And as they were going to leave, they could hear the ghost headless say, no, don't mm-hmm. go. I oh. just need you to find my family and tell them who I am. And the guy mm. was so shocked. He couldn't recall the name that he gave him, but he was supposedly some outdoorsman from Boston who had disappeared several years earlier but he wanted the oh, wow. someone to listen and tell his family why he didn't come home mm. but yeah those kind of things the anniversary tales even the right. show up at certain times and those spook lights and sometimes just during certain events too like um some spook lights show up before ships are said to have crashed or mm. sunk into the ocean there's sometimes spook lights that appear before that happens oh wow yeah how much I don't know how much warning you get if you see it. Uh, I don't know if that's right. something that happens as you're actively sinking or a five minute <laughs> warning. I, I don't know. Yeah, see that'd be hard because with the with those lights, I mean, it could be a million different things. It's either right. like you said, it's somebody that's maybe trying to to find their family or or find something of their own and mm-hmm. you know, or it's a warning of some sort, but then there's like we've talked about in the Disney movie Brave, where mm-hmm. she follows them and it changes her destiny, which is fantastic. But then yeah. in other stories, if you follow it, it's bad. <laughs> but I can't yeah. deny that I wouldn't be able to not follow them. Well, yeah. I mean, I would. if, <laughs> and, and that is even fully aware of the lore that sometimes the sole purpose is for them to lead a, a traveler astray. And we have stories of men coming home from a midnight evening with a girlfriend walking through the fields and seeing the light and following it. And by the next morning, they're miles away from their intended destination. But yeah, no, I would follow it. (laughs) I don't don't know, especially if it actually looked like a flame. Um, Oh, yeah. How do you not? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, it would be really, really intense. It's like um, there's the stories where you maybe you're out at sea. I mean, this would be more of like a siren where you can hear the beautiful right. song. But there's also mm-hmm. stories where you hear this beautiful song in the woods. That is another thing that I would I would have to know. Like, can you, <laughs> can I sneak up on it? Can I see it without getting caught? Like. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are some absolutely that you can um as far as the sirens, when you get into that whole that whole realm of sirens, banshees, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There are some that you can sneak up on in lore over it's like Irish lore, Welsh lore, where you have the and I will not remember how to pronounce it. But there's there's the Benai out of Ireland, and that's the one that you can sneak up on her. She's a weeping woman, and oh. she's the one, I believe she's the one that will, if you see an, an elderly woman kind of crying and, and over, it could be a puddle of water. It could be her at the edge of the stream mm. or a lake, and she's washing clothes. Oh, if wow. you get closer, you'll start to recognize, one, that the water is red and mm. the clothes are bloody. And the more you pay attention, mm. you're probably going to recognize the clothes as either your own or someone that you know. Oh my and gosh. That's, you know, she's one of the Harbinger of Doom uh, characters, I guess, in folklore. Wow. So she's one that you can sneak up behind her and get, if, if you catch her just the right way, which is, it's ridiculous what you have to do, but you can sneak up on her. <laughs> and... If you catch her, then I believe she will grant you a wish. Um, I don't really remember exactly how that how that ends because the catching oh, wow. part is so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, she's one of them that you can catch up on. And then the the one with the the spook light that comes with the ship that you can hear a woman crying beforehand before the oh. ship is to sink, and it's like a banshee call, but it's not it's not a banshee. There's a different name for that one. Um, I believe that's Welsh. And she lets out this cry. It's like a a death Mm. cry that someone is actively passing. And then the lights accompany that as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, It all goes hand in hand. Those are the bad lights, though, I guess. You see the the lights and somebody. (laughs) I I will say that if I'm hearing somebody screaming like they're dying, I will probably not follow the lights. I mean, maybe just (laughs) if I could help somebody. But... (laughs) I don't True. Know. That would be uh, it'd be a little scary because then I'd feel like are you gonna come across a really yeah. scary cryptid that's that's doing the deed? <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah. I don't wanna run into a dog man or a oh, wendigo. No. I think those would be mm-hmm. the two top uh cryptids that I would probably be the most I don't know if you could call a wendigo a cryptid though, but Yeah, that's like, two top feared. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I honestly, I don't even know if I'd be able to handle seeing Bigfoot. I mean, part of me says I want to, but mm-hmm. so many people that I've talked to or heard interviews with that saw them and how that completely changes right. their life. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you can categorize it properly and maybe, I don't know. I just mentally, I don't know what it would do until you're put in the position, I guess. That kind right. of really change no. your worldview to see something like that. Oh yeah, I mean, I had an experience. I didn't see anything, but I could hear something that was walking mm-hmm. that was larger than anything that I've ever heard. The strides, like how close it got to me in the tent with my children, it was a really yeah. terrifying experience. Mm-hmm. And even though we are in the realm of all this stuff and it is so fantastic and I love it. Mm -hmm. 
if you are to actually see something physically in front of you, then it's not just, oh my gosh, this exists. Then you bring in the, well, what about everything else? Right. What oh. isn't not, you know? <laughs> yeah. How far does this go? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Even if I were to hear, I, I don't know, if I were to hear how with my own ears while I was out in the woods. That would mm. be exciting as long as it was at a distance. And mm. <laughs> but the yes. it also comes into if I were to be close enough to something like that, if I were to see it or hear it, even the footsteps that close, right. you get to the point of, well, this could kill me right now. <laughs> if it wanted to, <laughs> I could be done. Yes. That it's all in its hands now. And that <laughs> that's the part that unnerves me. <laughs> Right. No, it was, yeah, it was really incredible because it was, it was so close that I, I swore that if it was going to take one or two more steps, because my tent was unzipped at the time, I swore that I was going to see it and I was frozen. This was mm -hmm. the hardest part about it is everybody talks about fight or flight and I have freeze. Yep. It's so bad. It's actually three F's. Yeah. Flight <laughs> or freeze. It happens. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know how I was able to, I don't know, click out of it. But I, I don't know. All I could do was lunge forward and zip the tent up. Because mm -hmm. I didn't want to see it. I'm sitting there going, well, <laughs> if it's over, it's over. But I just don't want to <laughs> see it. And so... The crazy thing was, is it it stopped. There was no sound after that for the rest of the night. And that was what mm -hmm. was really unnerving is because I never heard it walk away. But oh. these were loud no. footsteps. Yeah. So. Maybe he disappeared. But, right. Because there's the whole idea of being able to go in and out of portals. Maybe that it was that kind right. of a situation. But did you smell anything? Because I've no. heard there's a distinct smell. See, that yeah. was the other thing that made me question it even more was that there was no smell. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it, it's funny because there is a big debate about portals and Sasquatch mm -hmm. being, you know, are they spiritual or are they a physical thing? There are two completely different camps on it. But yeah. having the one experience that I've recently come out about with the, I don't know what you'd want to call it, um maybe interdimensional being the alien right. looking thing that I took the photo of um, mm -hmm. to see that just manifest out of nowhere and to see it completely disappear. Like it walked through an invisible door that right mm -hmm. there was, I mean, it, it's funny cause on one end it makes you question everything, but then on the other hand you go, you try to rationalize it and you're like, no, I know. <laughs> I didn't experience anything, right. but then you've got the picture that makes you go, oh man, <laughs> I did, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, even with, within a, a family that I know they had interaction, well, not interactions with, I shouldn't say they didn't interact with Bigfoot, but they had sightings within, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it was within a few months, but it's the same, the same family, same household two different uh, sightings, two different people, and they were vastly different. The one was seeing seeing a Sasquatch, 
and the next day being able to go mm. and actually cast a footprint because it had left an impression in a sand trap at a golf course. Oh, wow. And so they had that. So it was a physical being. They, they saw mm -hmm. it, looked like an animal, a large animal, and left a footprint. Then the wow. next ones that um, in that area that saw it, um, Sasquatch just kind of dissipated like a mist, I believe. Um, is how they describe it. Mm. Just they saw it walking away, and then it just kind of slowly vanished, as if it were, I don't know, fading into smoke, or I don't know if that would be stepping right. through a portal or what. But it was the same area, and the same, even the same group of people, and um, right. completely different experiences. That story makes me. It makes me think of uh, Linda Godfrey's book, Monsters Among Us. And there was a photograph that she had taken, and it was really, it was misty. And um, there was those prints in the snow, if I'm, remember, if I'm recalling it right. Um, mm -hmm. And so then, then Dogman would have the same possibility of having that ability to just, to just dissipate. So then that's a whole different ball game like why do these things even though they're completely different creatures why mm -hmm. are they able to do the same thing well that's kind of alluded to in well not alluded to it's straight up in the pictures of the, <laughs> um the small town <laughs> monsters documentary that they did on the bray road beast which linda godfrey is absolutely a part of that um mm -hmm. they went to one of the farms on bray road or near bray road and the guy mm -hmm. had set up a trail cam because things were happening, he would put out dead animals and right. they would disappear. And some of them were very large. So he put a deer out and set up a trail cam. And although he never saw a dog man, um, mm. what he did see on the camera was a mist coming out of the woods. Like you see it come out of the woods, you see it cover up right. the, the deer and then it's gone. <laughs> like the deer's gone, yeah. the mist is gone. Um, so yeah. No, that's you're right. It's <laughs> it's uh it's a it's a really terrifying thought because then and then to go back to sit there and go okay so let's say this is real let's say you see it and it's real okay so now it has these <laughs> magical powers and then <laughs> and and then it just makes you think okay you know because then then bring it into your house okay so you have people <laughs> who <laughs> I don't want it in my house. No. Right. <laughs> but you have people that, okay, so shadow man, the shadow entities oh. and mm -hmm. that stuff just uh, manifesting or appearing. And sure. it's just such a fascinating thought. Like these things have no boundaries. <laughs> there's, there's, you know Stay what out I mean? Of my house. Are they, <laughs> you mean that they ignore that they're in someone's house? Or that they can just appear anywhere. Like you're you're invading my space. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If if that exists, then why would they why would they recognize our boundaries? They shouldn't right. have to, I guess. If <laughs> if you have that ability, <laughs> why would you? Um, right. You know, I've heard kids talk about. Of course, kids are supposedly more. Um, I guess mm, sensitive, you would say, yeah. And I've heard children say things like, oh, well, there's 
a spirit right there on the stairs and it's just looking around you know it's it's not like i don't know as if it was just passing through or something it's just looking mm -hmm. around it's not doing anything um so then in that hearing stuff like that then makes me think that they're aware that a lot of people can't see them or right. don't choose to or whatever so they might as well just do their own thing and then I guess if they can tell that they're noticed, then maybe they'll do something. <laughs> maybe they'll right. be happy then. I no, it is fascinating that you can, I don't know, turn it off. Yeah. Mentally, I think that, I mean, then again, if you have that mindset where you're like, no, everything is rational, then you mm -hmm. can see that entity or spirit or whatever pop right in front of you and you're going to explain it away like it was a refraction of light and a shadow from the whatever mm -hmm. so yeah yeah well i've even read about um in jake richard's backwoods witchcraft he talks about his sister had mm. a gift and she kind of prayed it away it really was mm. something she didn't want any longer and so she Prayed it away, willed it away, it's gone. She doesn't have it anymore. So. Wow. I suppose. It's kind of a sad thought. I mean, it, it's hard. I so. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. It, it can be a really hard and difficult thing. I know for me personally, I've talked a lot throughout the episodes on different things that have happened. But then you get to this point where you might have so much happen, then you... I don't know. No matter what you do, you do feel like you're crazy, even if you have people experience it with you. However, mm -hmm. it adds something else to life. And for right. the thought of it just being completely gone. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. Yeah. I can see perhaps a, a child or having a gift like that since you're young and going mm -hmm. through, especially certain stages of life, they're already difficult. And then right. having this on top of it, that might mm -hmm. be too much and you kind of wish it away. Or even as a child, a small child trying to explain something to your parents, what you're seeing and they tell you it's just a nightmare or you're just making it up. Mm. It's just an imaginary friend. It's whatever. And they right. talk, talk you out of it to the point that you either think, yeah, I guess it is my imagination. Or you just quit communicating about it because mm -hmm. you know what you see and nobody else is believing you. That's hard. Yeah. But I don't have that ability that I'm aware. Of. <laughs> I mean, I'll catch <laughs> things. I'll catch things out of my eye or out of the corner of my eye every once in a while. But I can't mm -hmm. just see a spirit in the room at any given point or or anything like that. Although that would be sweet. I would be up for that. <laughs> that I'm I, up for. A lot of see. Oh, man. I don't know. Because for me. I'm more of a, I'm a feeler, so I might mm -hmm. see an image in, in my mind, a picture, and right. I can feel things, or maybe I'll see something physically move, maybe I can capture something on camera, but it's never mm -hmm. like you are just standing in front of me. I think, <laughs> I think that would be too much for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be unnerving that if something just popped up in front of me. But I don't know. I totally understand the people that live in a house that's haunted and they just kind of, mm. you know, that one of the memes that went around a few weeks ago was something about, you know, that you live in a haunted house whenever 
the doors start slamming at 3 a.m. and you're like, all right, Frank, mm-hmm. stop it. That's enough. <laughs> um, I like it. You're just used to it by that point. I, I would be up for that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I don't yeah. know about paranormal activity level that I can't do that. Don't rip me out of bed at night or anything. <laughs> right. Leave three-toed footprints and baby powder that's left on the floor. I don't want that nonsense. <laughs> right. No, I think uh, some mild stuff, hearing cupboards or maybe hearing footsteps or something might be eventually okay to deal with. You know, uh, one of my friends, she actually grew up in a haunted house and I spent a lot of time over there and you'd Mm -hmm. mostly hear it if you were downstairs. It just sounded like a child running across Mm -hmm. the hallway upstairs and that was about it. So you'd hear it and it was just like, oh, okay, she's out playing and you pay it no mind and you go on with your day and nothing else ever. I mean, we ended up having one experience, but other than that, it was just pretty peaceful, you know, so I could do something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was growing up that a house I grew up in, there were a few things that happened. I guess even I did see something once, but it was, I suppose it has to do with the energy and intent behind it as to whether you can just pay it no mind. Like, mm the one one of the first things that i can recall is where my bedroom was to get to the kitchen you'd have to walk down the hallway and my parents bedroom was even past mine and so in the middle of the night mom and dad might get up at different times to go get a drink of water or something Mm -hmm. and they had distinct footsteps like i could tell without being out in the hallway if it was mom or my dad Mm -hmm. they just walked differently um the stride was different And the one night I hadn't fallen asleep yet and I heard dad get up and I heard him walk down the hallway and then he didn't come back because I would always just, if I heard them, I'd just stay awake and listen to them, turn the water on and walk back and then I'd fall back asleep. But I didn't Mm -hmm. hear him come back. And so I actually got up and I walked out in the hallway because I thought, what's wrong? And uh, he was, he was asleep. Um, He was just snoring. Mom and dad were both asleep. All the lights were out. Uh, There was nobody in the kitchen, but I heard him walk all the way down past my door, all the way down the hallway and into the kitchen. Mm. There was nothing, but I wasn't scared. It was just, uh, oh, all right. Well, cool. Right. I suppose it also probably has to do with um, maybe a little bit how you were raised. I mean, if you're raised to fear Mm. that kind of stuff, I'm sure that you would. Or explain it away. Right. That is something that I've had talks with people. I mean, because I'm a huge advocate for being open and honest. Like, personally, for me with my kids, that's how I am. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel that I've had, I feel that I know that this stuff is, it is what it is. It's a part of our world. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I spoke to somebody once and they're like, well, our house is haunted and everything, but, you know, my child will will ask questions and I say, oh, it's just the house settling. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you're telling your child that the house is settling. What happens if this child has a gift and sees this spirit in their room? Okay, mm-hmm. so now at this point, then it could be traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like with my kids, <laughs> by the time they were... Um, I think they were around three or four and I got a big kick out of it because I saw them playing in the yard and they had their hands like they were holding something and they were waving it in the air and I could hear them yelling, sage, sage, sage. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I mean, 
as long as you know how to <laughs> deal with that and how to cleanse and, and, and the protection things. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I think it's all exactly. good. Well, and that's why after watching a show, uh, one of the, I don't know, it was earlier in the spring, I went over to visit my parents and they had me watch this show that because we don't have direct tv or anything anymore so i miss out on a lot of mm -hmm. the current stuff unless it's on like hulu or netflix mm -hmm. and there's this show called these woods are haunted oh and so they had said oh well, there's an ohio ohio one there's a handful from ohio but so they had mm -hmm. saved it and i turned it on and it was this woman that had gone it ended up being mansfield um the prison at Mansfield, or if you've seen Shawshank Redemption, it's the same mm. prison, the old Ohio State right. Reformatory. And the woman ends up bringing some sort of entity home. And she, it, they kind of allude to that it attached itself to her from the prison and then mm. came home. Um, by the way, if you've seen that oh. episode, it's Mansfield, not, and Mansfield never had a fire. I, <laughs> In the when she's going on the um, on the backstory of the prison, she mm -hmm. actually mixes up the histories of the oh. old Ohio penitentiary, which does not exist anymore. It was torn down, I think, in it was torn down in 1998, I believe, and it was mm -hmm. in Columbus, and that's where there was a massive fire and a lot of inmates lost their lives or whatever. But that did not happen oh, wow. at Mansfield, but it. I don't know if it makes for a better story or she was confused. I don't know. Either way, Mansfield didn't have <laughs> right. a fire. It's still creepy. I mean, you don't need to add the fire for it to be <laughs> creepy. But um, so I, prior to the pandemic, was scheduled to go on a ghost hunt, my first one at Mansfield. Oh, wow. And that was already scheduled whenever I watched this show with my, my parents. And my mom said, <laughs> are you sure you still want to go? Right, do you are you sure you don't want to bring anything home and I was like it'll be all right I will mm -hmm. um if anything watching this show reminded me that I should probably bring sage and <laughs> uh, <laughs> make sure I burn that before I even get in the car um right yeah because in the story that's recounted on that show she saw something and then she ran away like she just ran back to her car and drove all the way back to cincinnati which is not a short drive um wow but i don't she made it seem like she just hopped in the car and went home so i don't think there was any type of protection yeah. protection things and it's also not my intent to which i don't she didn't allude that she did this either but i'm certainly not going to do this where you taunt things because i think that's foolish <laughs> um, yes so i know some people do that to get but no, I don't. I've even yelled at <laughs> when my kids have been talking about ghosts and things, particularly mm -hmm. around Halloween, of course, my son, every once in a while, will just say, well, if you see a ghost, you just, you know, you yell at it, tell it to get away and what's it think it's doing and blah, blah. like, don't you dare ever <laughs> do that. <laughs> Walk away, whatever. But I don't ever want to hear, even in play, you getting mouthy with some sort of spirit that's right asking for asking for trouble but. oh yeah no i agree it's uh there's a lot of shows it's really surprising that there are so many shows out there where they think that that's how they're really gonna get them riled up and and get mm -hmm. those you know the video footage or the 
the scratches on their back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just like, and and I think you and I, we touched on this before, um, that ghosts and everything, they're people just like us. You Mm -hmm. know, just because they're ghosts doesn't mean they're some kind of like monster or scary entity. This is a, this is, this was a human. And so I think that, I mean, kindness goes a long way. Right. (laughs) I mean, so, I don't like to be antagonized, and I've right. had people in my life that they think that's the best way to get a reaction out of anybody, right. and they'll try that with me, and then I don't communicate with them after that because oh, I yeah. don't. No, I, just leave. Yeah, I don't like to be approached like that. I don't like to be antagonized. So I think yeah. it's also a little bit. If you were a ghost and you were actually trapped somewhere, how mm. irritated I think after a while. You would be irritated with everybody coming in and just trying to get you to do tricks for them. Um, right. Show yourself now. <laughs> uh, scratch my arm. Pinch me. But right. I mean, I don't know. And then, but then you have the entities that already kind of have a predisposition to not be mm. super friendly. So, like um, the Bell Witch Cave, you have the Bell Witch, which mm. the Bell Witch, which um, I'm not even sure if that's all. I don't think that it's just one particular entity, but definitely there's um, history there that shows that she or they or it or whatever is not a huge fan of men in general. So even today, there will be men that go into the cave on a tour and um, sometimes they'll be a little bit, I don't know, uh, shrug it off when they start talking about Mm. it. They get a little bit, little bit uh, macho or mouthy and Mm -hmm. um have been scratched or smacked or whatever or pushed down and then they run out of there scared to death because they're being right so (laughs) yeah (laughs) best to just not to not be rude i'd say like you said kindness goes a long way yeah no exactly and then and then there's it's almost like you have to learn the abilities to interact with our world when you're a spirit it seems like they, you know, one might be able to maybe move a curtain, but the ability to actually move a can, per se, it's, it's right. like advanced or something. So that's really yeah. interesting, too. Well, I suppose that probably wouldn't be any different than a person being able to hone their skills to, to pick up on energies and things. Right. That's true. I mean, yeah. um, you might start with just a everybody. Everybody has the ability to when you have that feeling that you're being watched. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I suppose it might start there. You have that feeling and then you know there's not a person around and you kind of take note of what's going on at the time and and just kind of focus on that feeling maybe and then eventually expand it. But I think on a basic instinct level, we probably already have that ability built in. It's just we haven't expanded upon it necessarily. Right. Steve Stockton had me on a show once and had asked me for a scary story. It was a dezombified um, mm. morning show. And he had told me it was my first time on there. And before we got on there, he's like, it's okay if you have like a scary story to tell, which I, <laughs> I'm not the best on the spot storyteller. I can write stuff out mm. and I can read it to you, but just on a whim is, is kind of tough for me. So I wasn't the best at conveying this story. However, (laughs) the story goes that um, I was at Mansfield Reformatory because that's one of my favorite places to visit. Mm -hmm. And everybody there that I was with 
they were having things happen, whether it was having a headache all of a sudden mm. or um, feeling that they couldn't breathe or seeing lights. I mean, they were, stuff was happening and I was wow. getting none of it. And I don't know if it's because I was just so excited that <laughs> I couldn't, like, I, I'm just always excited to be at Mansfield. Um, and then when other people start having stuff, I was probably just more amped up. And so mm. at one point <clears throat> we were, at, we were in this one room and I believe if I'm recalling this correctly, it's in the library, like the periodical room, which mm -hmm. it's a much, it's, it's more than just one room, but there's this one back area that I don't, I don't think there's anything in that room actually, other than there's a doorway where you can get into the, I don't know if it's like a tower or Tourette or something. I, I don't even know. I'm horrible with explaining this, but anyway, in this room <laughs> and everybody in there was having this feeling and, and they're like, you have to feel something. And it's like walking into a wall right now. Like mm. it's so overwhelming. And I got pissed and I, I was mm -hmm. like, what? So this is not fair that everybody is having, like I threw a little fit almost without <laughs> actually throwing a fit, but I was like, what is right. this? It's totally not fair that I can't feel anything. And as soon as I said that, I got this pain, sharp, sharp pain in the back of my head oh. at the base of my skull. Like somebody took a ball bat to me or something. It was Ooh. enough to cause me to double over wow. and have to catch my breath. And I was like, all right, I got it. Um, cool. All right. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is there were different places where, especially where other people were having things that I would, even before they'd say something, I would feel this tingle in the mm. back of my skull, right at like right at the base of my skull, at the back of my neck, on my right mm -hmm. side specifically, for some reason, I would feel this tingle, and that, and then they would say something or whatever. Like I would feel that, but I just thought, I don't know, I don't know. Mm. I was just ignoring it, I guess. And so that's where that pain was, though. After I yeah. had my little meltdown about why can't I feel anything, and I feel like that was sort of a right there right there. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you it's this right. spot, Heather, this spot. <laughs> and so, wow. Yeah. So thank you. Um, prisoners at Mansfield spirits at Mansfield for that one. Cause then a few months later, when I got to go to Moundsville, which is another beautiful, um, if you want to, if you consider prisons beautiful, the old, <laughs> the old stone <laughs> prisons, which I would never yeah. want to be incarcerated there by any means, but um, it's still a beautiful piece of architecture. When I got there, then I would try to take note of when I felt that going mm. through the different rooms. Cause it wasn't, it's not a constant thing. And you know, it's just, it's, it's different, different times wow. that I would feel that. And so I, I just try to pay more attention and then not complain. I will not complain again if I'm not picking up on anything. Cause I don't need right. my butt kicked because I've been actually <laughs> ignoring something and not realizing it. Right. <laughs> wow, man, what an experience. That's really cool. Yeah. See, and yeah. I want to go to places like that. I've always wanted to go to the asylums and the penitentiaries mm -hmm. and I've, n I've never been to See, anything. That's why you need to move to Ohio because, <laughs> um, <laughs> where where I am <laughs> there's actually <laughs> a really nice loop going on here I can get to Mansfield oh. within an hour and a half and mm -hmm. then I can go down south and be across the river within an hour and a half to, to Moundsville because yeah. it's right on the Ohio River and then if you want to do a whole day which I haven't had a chance to go there yet and of course with everything going on this summer it's probably not gonna happen either but um from here it's about a I don't know five six hour drive maybe 
uh, down mm -hmm. to the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Which oh, wow. Uh, but that's in West Virginia. So, okay. I mean, like, it's a, it's a big loop. We had, we had an awesome summer trip planned out where mm -hmm. we were going to go south down to Moundsville again because I will always want to go to Moundsville if I'm in West Virginia. Go down to mm -hmm. Moundsville, hit the prison and the archive of the afterlife that Steve Hummel runs that's full of haunted artifacts. It's really cool. Oh. See all that, then go down to the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic, Lunatic Asylum, head over to Brushy Mountain State Pen, um, wow. which is really cool. I've never been there, but it looks really sweet. It's, um, I believe you've got like, if I'm remembering correctly the way it looks, you've got the prison and then the, the back walls, like they'd have the prison yard and then the back is the mountain. Mm -hmm. So oh, wow. like that's what kept you oh. in with the mountain. So wow. there's that, and then go over across Tennessee, um, see the remnants of what was left after the tornado hit the Tennessee prison um, mm. that's been out of commission there, because that got hit by a tornado back in early spring, and there's only part of it left. It wasn't open for tours, I don't believe, anymore, but you can still drive by it. So drive there, then head over to the Bell yeah. Witch Cave, which is in northern Tennessee mm. on the western side, and then back up through. See, it's, it's just a big loop. And then back up through um, Ohio, mm. hit Mansfield, and then come back home. It was just going to be a really awesome <laughs> And Adams, Tennessee, I believe, is not that far from Kelly Hopkinsville, where the Kelly Hop Hopkinsville Goblins is, if you're into Hellier and all that, which this oh, is just yeah. Hellier, of course. But um, right. it's got to be nearby. I should actually, I should Google it. But it's got to be close, because I always see the sign on the way to Adams. Wow. That, you know, Kelly Hopkinsville is not that far away. So it's all right there. And that's yeah. why you need to move to Ohio um, or West Virginia even. <laughs> no, see, that would be amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> if you move to this side of the state, because I'm on the eastern side of Ohio, if you are here, then that also puts you within, I think, a four-hour drive of the prison in Philadelphia, which is uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. Oh. So... We've got all yes. the cool things. Wow. There's there's more stuff too, but you know, I'm not trying to like sell you on Ohio, even though it's really cool. But, um... You know, I've been, it's, it's amazing though, because there is so much over there. And it's so funny because a lot of, from doing genealogy and everything, I've have a lot of family that's from uh, Kentucky, West Virginia areas, Virginia. Appalachian girl. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to come home. <laughs> yes. Come home. Come home to us. I mean, not trying to sound ominous or anything, but come home. Come home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so awesome. But yeah, the, I mean, and because of, um, again, you know, not to sell you on Ohio, but like there's Route 77 on this side of the state that'll get you, I mean, that'll take you right down the Appalachian Mountains or Appalachian Mountains, oh, wow. um, straight down south. And I don't even know where that stops. If it stops in Georgia, don't, nobody, I don't want anybody getting on me because I got the directions wrong, but it takes you down through several <laughs> states and uh, you wow. can definitely just... I don't know. I just remember uh, my senior year of high school, right after graduation, a good friend of mine and I went to Myrtle Beach. We drove, that was mm -hmm. the first trip, like road trip without family. She and I together oh, took cool. a road trip down. This is before GPS. 
So we had a paper foldable map. Take notes, people. Right. <laughs> and um, I remember when we went to come home, because Myrtle Beach is on the coast, so it takes you a while to get over to 77. We had to get the map out because there were major road closures. So we had to take all these back roads through South oh, Carolina no. and into North Carolina before we could get to 77 for whatever reason. But once I got on 77, it just felt like I was home, even though I was several states away, because that just straight shot mm. right back home once you get on 77. But right. Anyway, you know, people from this area will know what I'm talking about. Everybody else will be like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff that I want to see over there. You know, I'd love to, man, the the mansions in Georgia. And and I want to go down to Louisiana, oh, especially, Ooh. and check out the cemeteries and stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. And, um, and, of course, as I've said before, I have a big fascination with uh, fireflies. I've never seen one. And I always thought what? that... No, you. Man. What? <laughs> How's Fireflies, that? yeah. I've they don't have lightning one. bugs where you live. No, they don't. They don't. And, I, and I've seen videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're like real magic. And so I've always <laughs> dreamed of being able to see one. <laughs> um, yep, they're magical, all right. They. Yeah, oh, no. those are those are one of the bugs that I don't mind being on me. Like, actually, you go out and you catch them, um, mm -hmm. and then you hold them or put them in jars or whatever. And um, you don't have to do that, but if you do, please let them out. Don't leave them in the jars so that they die, because they have specific right. strobing effects to find their partner. And no, I don't. Anyway, but they're completely <laughs> harmless. You grab them, and they're so cute. Um, wow, I guess it never crossed my mind that that lightning bugs wouldn't be why well, we call them lightning bugs here that they wouldn't be all over i guess maybe not yeah. the desert because the desert's a whole different like world but i don't understand right. that that's insane <laughs> they don't have them where you live i can't get over that oh well, yeah no i've always said if i ever saw one i'd probably cry <laughs> oh my gosh they're this so is why amazing. you come home okay. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah because they're all over the place yeah. in the summer spring and summer and even a little bit of early fall but summer is the summer is the time yeah wow that's unreal well yeah. i suppose i got out to colorado for the first time a couple years back and i met up with a friend who lives in arizona so she's used mm -hmm. to the desert when we got to colorado we actually met up in boulder and mm -hmm. um it was i don't know it was october yeah, it was October when we went, or September. Either way, it had been a really dry season for them, and they had signs everywhere to not burn anything because they didn't want fires. Right. And we got up to just to the edge of the mountains because Boulder is, like, literally at the edge of the Rocky Mountains. It's, mm. well, to me, coming from where I come from, it was really, really mm -hmm. flat, and then all of a sudden there's these foothills. So we got mm -hmm. up to this overlook, and there's pine trees everywhere. And my friend from Arizona just says, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's so green. And I said, are you <laughs> kidding me? Everything looks dead because the, the dirt um, and the grass was all dead. It was brown. Yeah, the pine <laughs> trees are green because they're not sick and they're always green. But to her coming from the desert, that was the most concentration she'd seen of green. And wow. she could not get over when I was saying, no, everything here is dead. That's why they've got the burnt, don't no burning signs because it's dead right here. That's what all that brown is. But she's used to just desert <laughs> right. everywhere. So she's like, no, it's beautiful. And I'm like, okay, well, when you come out to 
the foothills here or even down into mm -hmm. the like the smoky mountains or anything like that you'll see what i mean because to me this <laughs> is dead <laughs> it's right. green everywhere here so yeah well it's it's funny because i was actually talking with somebody about it this week because uh, I had traveled down to Arkansas and the trees, I mean, it's it's so fascinating. I've been to Texas as well, but I love mm -hmm. to see the different kinds of trees and the different kinds of birds. I, it's so fascinating that there are different birds and insects in different states that you just can't see. And then I couldn't believe when I came home how massive our trees are here right. <laughs> compared to us. And I was just like, whoa, I didn't realize. Yeah, I haven't been uh, farther west than Colorado in the United States. So I haven't seen the giant redwoods or sequoias or anything like that. Oh, um, I, go I want to. So bad. Yeah, I've never seen those. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Of course, I don't know what the trees look like in Arkansas either. So I can't speak to that. We have some big <laughs> trees here, but it's not like the redwoods by any by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Yeah, I've always laughed and said I want to go to indoor because they filmed that in Humboldt County, California in the Redwoods. And I've mm -hmm. I've always wanted to go there. I haven't gotten to yet, but yeah. Road goals. trip. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. When it's exactly. safe to fly again, I'll <laughs> fly out and we'll go. Heck yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, I guess maybe our listeners know me a little more now. I would like to say yeah. that I like Ouija boards and I'm trying to start a collection. So if you have one that you don't want, let me know. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I mean, if it's haunted, could you let me know that first <laughs> so that I can take proper precautions? But I mean, I'm all for Ouija boards, cursed objects. That's all right yes. up my alley. Um, yes, all for you. <laughs> <laughs> you can have all of them. <laughs> I mean, here's the other thing is that um, I forget who it was I was talking to that was concerned over an object that mm. I had. Oh, it was, it was when I went out to Rhode Island and visited with my friend Rachel. And mm. I took something that I didn't I didn't realize what I was taking, but I took something. I'm not going to mm. get into it right now. But um, later we found out that I probably shouldn't have. I didn't realize. She didn't realize. Whatever. So she was concerned about a little bit about that and I said okay well here's what happens though is that I know someone who runs a museum that oh. takes these things so if this gets out of control I'll just give it to him that's my <laughs> that's my fallback maybe that's naive I like it but he he seeks out that stuff so I thought if things are crazy I'll just give it to Steve the one that runs the archive of the afterlife in Moundsville yeah. I'll just take it to him I'll just take a drive <laughs> and say here you go and then he can do whatever he does and then um it'll be in his museum with everything else it'll all get yeah. along really well but <laughs> hopefully <laughs> yeah that's, that's what i try to great. i try to tell myself that if, if anybody ever gets worked up i'm like no i know people who could help me if things were to go sideways <laughs> right i may not be totally prepared but i know some people so hopefully that'll be right. good enough if things get crazy <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no, we'll have to, uh, we'll do another episode and we'll bring on uh, Steve Stockton. Yes, um, he's one of my favorite people. Guys. He's an Appalachian <laughs> yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, you guys, both of you, I know have some uh, Ouija board stories, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. And uh, I, I ordered one. I finally had ordered one. It was in April. Uh, it's coming from London, and I have not received it yet. So we shall see what happens. Oh, man. Well, I mean, yeah. the pandemic kind of put everything on hold. Is it wooden? Yeah. No. Okay. But I forget what the... Uh, planchette was made out of i'll link it well, to i'll you. be excited to see it yes please yeah <laughs> i'm really tempted to buy something called a luigi board or yeah luigi it's uh one of the etsy shops on there and i can't remember the name of it now she does all kinds of wood wooden ouija boards and there's one that it has mario brothers characters on it and it, it oh, actually yeah. said luigi board and <laughs> the planchette is like the the mushroom the power-up mushroom mm -hmm. and cool. um I, I want it just because it right. said Luigi board. And now my five-year-old calls Ouija boards Luigi boards because I showed her that and she thought it was funny. So now that's Perfect. what she calls them. Yeah. Anyway. That's cool. So the idea is that with, with some changes that have happened here, we've got a new logo. The blog has been going every Tuesday. There should be a new blog post out. With all of that, what we're wanting to do here in July is have a little bit of a teaser for things that we're going to be doing in the fall. So we're going to have a short run of episodes. I think we're aiming for, what, five? Five mm -hmm. to six episodes. Yeah, and then we'll come back just in time for Halloween and finish out the year with some mm -hmm. things. So you'll get a taste in the summer, just so you know what to look forward to and be prepared. Exactly. So. I can't wait for the... Uh return of the fall and our Halloween season and and some oh, of the upcoming yeah. uh, things during December and it'll mm. it'll definitely be a, a different year a fun year I'm I'm looking forward to it yes me too well thanks for having me and bringing me on board of course it is an honor to have you here with us the blog has been fantastic I had so much fun during this episode and yeah, I can't wait for everything that's to come. Awesome. Me too. Well, I guess uh, I will say goodbye as I do on the blogs and say until next time, travelers. Yes, it was so wonderful to have you guys back and we will see you again very soon.
Burn on, dear flame, burn on There's a light